to fucking overcomplicate shit. <laughs> I live in a country where they still force us to use Internet Explorer for official government documents. So <laughs> that still happens oh, over here all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's not fun. God damn. It's like written into their law that they have to have support for certain levels of Internet Explorer and stuff because, <laughs> oh. like, there's so much bad infrastructure that it's just. What year is it? The uh, exactly. as like given like what I do for a living, like the yeah. hearing that Internet Explorer is still like an in support browser, like makes me want to die. <laughs> like we like Internet Explorer six is like the curse that just has never gone away. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just still like in twenty twenty one, we're still talking about Internet Explorer six. Like that browser came out when we were in high school. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Or, like maybe not high school, but like in that vicinity that was 20 fucking years ago like yeah rewrite your bad. code rewrite your code you lazy bastards like i i understand if you have some legacy shit hanging around but like i don't know we have real developers that listen to this fucking podcast i shouldn't be shooting my mouth off too much but like it is <laughs> it is frustrating to hear like you know government because this happens here too right like there's still banks that like require you to use like internet explorer or edge and compatibility mode or whatever the fuck you get stuck with in windows 10 Oof. now because i don't think internet explorer works properly in windows 10 it doesn't really but you can still like find it it still exists yeah. you can yeah, if you search there. for it you can find it like if you but that's the only way you can find it you can't even put it on your taskbar or anything you have to yeah. physically search for it and yeah, it's a pain yeah, in the ass. yeah either way you know that's I just do enjoy, like the internet explorer memes that are kicking around like the ones that are still. like telling you shit from like three years ago and stuff yeah yeah i mean <laughs> That's just Facebook, right? Like everything. The meme, by the time the memes hit Facebook, they've been on Reddit for like eight years. So like, <laughs> fair enough. Like, oh, look at these repeats from like a year ago. <laughs> Facebook people are like these are fresh memes. I'm like, no, guys, yeah. we're on Reddit over here like a year ago with these things. You know, like yeah, this, this, this happens. Gotta be in the right um, even even fucking Twitter is fucking more up to date than Facebook is usually. So. <laughs> Twitter's a fucking cesspit. Either way, welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. We're going to be talking about cesspits a lot today for some reason. Oh, Jesus. oh Lord. Uh, I'm Mark. I'm here this week with my uh, partner in crime, Tim. Say hello. I'm so exhausted, folks. And this I, episode fuck, is just going to make me more exhausted. Don't eat, <laughs> no, I have a grandma with a broken hip in town with me. I don't no. even want to hear about your exhaustion. Eat my asshole, all right? I am fucking zonked. I don't even know why I'm hosting this week. But <laughs> Paul's here this week. Hi Welcome guys! Yeah, Hi. I'm back. I'm here. I'm yeah. caffeinated. I will be the energy source for today. <laughs> good, good. I we need am, an energy source. I'm on coffee. Coffee number. I'm in three. that punchy. Oh, nice. yeah, I'm in that that punchy uh, retired state right now. So I should. Oh, see, it should still have the energy there. See, I'm in the uh, somebody says something dumb and I'm probably going to pull you apart kind of <laughs> level of exhausted right now. So it's not good uh, giving a, given our uh, topic for this week. No, 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 no. And that's the other thing. I'm like, I'm really looking forward to doing this topic. Why did I pick this this week? <laughs> Let's do something grim and dour this week when I've got enough grim and dour shit in my real life to deal with. But first, let's. Well, I mean, welcome back, Paul. It's been it's been a while since we've had you here. How you been? I've been busy. I got yeah. I, I found a new job. That is going to allow me to have two full months of vacation a year because it's a Sweet. real school, a real school, not wow. a fucking for-profit English academy. So I'm really excited and happy about that. I'm moving next week, but I have a little bit of downtime, which is why I agreed to come on the podcast because I'm taking a break from the gym as well because I've injured my rotator cuff, but it's oh, no. healing very well and everything is good. It's all good. <laughs> 
I fucked up my neck so bad that I have like it's reactivated my tennis elbow. Like my whole <laughs> right arm is basically hey, useless. I, awesome. I have this that all thing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. I found oh, some it's good stretches. Brutal. It's good. I, yeah. I rolled my ankle like a month ago and it's still not hundred <laughs> percent yet. Yeah, we're all old now. You don't need like apart. fucking forty years old and shit. And I'm like my tennis elbow is acting up. I can't draw properly. <laughs> Boo hoo. Yeah. Jesus. But yeah, everything yeah, it is sucks. everything is good here and improving i'm so excited to have real not just like two weeks a year now like yeah. the thought of that and like my late 30s was like starting to give me existential angst <laughs> so now that i have real vacation i'm really excited so is it like the same as, as as uh teachers get over here like june july kind of thing or uh, you, you, they split it into two so it'll be july mid-july to mid-august and then mid-december to mid-january so oh, cool. i'll be able to come home for christmas eventually when covid is under control uh, <laughs> anyway. by christmas this year uh, mom got vaccinated today so yeah. she's the first person in the family to get her nice. covid dose so which uh, my mom is a nurse and she works at the hospital that so she's obviously front in line so she's at the top of the list, the rest of us are not, but yeah. you know, it is yeah. nice to see some progress being made in that regard. Like if yeah. the healthcare workers are starting to get their COVID vaccinations. It means we're probably like, you know, a couple months, grandpa and grandma will get theirs in the next couple of weeks kind of yeah. thing. And then yeah, hope my, my, my parents are both over 70. So I'm hoping that they'll yeah. get theirs before too long. Although there there's like virtually no cases where they live. So yeah, well, Niagara has been, been under 10 again this week too, which is kind of comforting for me. Cause like I'm the one who's out and about doing everything, but Ooh, at the same time, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not, I don't miss Toronto right now. You know what I mean? Like as much as like I miss Toronto for like missing Toronto cause whatever, but like, I don't miss it. Do when Toronto is open right now. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't fucking do anything, right? Like, yeah. The reason I miss Toronto is because I want to go to a fucking concert. Well, well yeah, exactly. No, for, for yeah. Maybe a couple more months before that shit happens again. So, either way, all right. Let's uh, let's get into the nerdy news. Just a first, a quick PSA. If you are not like on YouTube or whatever, and you own what is this fucking rig? This case that's catching on fire. I don't know if you guys saw this story. What? I just want to make sure everybody sees it because it just worries me when I see it's this kind of stuff. Catching on fire. NZXT, I don't know what the, how to pronounce it because I'm Canadian. It's fucked up. Um, there was a, it was, it was covered very heavily on Gamers Nexus, which is the YouTube channel I recommended last week or the week before. Steve was covering this, but uh, their H1 computer case has a PCI riser that is not bracketed properly, so the screw's gone right through the PCB, like it's right through the board, yeah. and. If you keep screwing and unscrewing it, eventually you hit the 12 volt plane and it can literally cause a giant house fire. So like if you have a NZXT H1 computer case, get in touch with NZXT and get your shit replaced because you are at risk of burning your fucking house down. I'm only covering this because I don't want anybody to die. And I know this is a pretty like popular case this past year. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many enthusiasts are listening to us, but get your shit replaced. Otherwise it will. I watched him do it on YouTube. He was like, yeah, if you just leave it like this, it'll overheat and then catch fire. And I watched it overheat and catch fire. I was like, Oh, there you go. You know, get that PC riser, uh, overclocked replaced. Yeah. No, not overclocked. <laughs> replaced. Cause it's not overclocked. <laughs> just get it replaced. I'm just saying, I don't want anybody to die in a car, in a, in a computer fire. That would make me sad. Well, and I probably kind of laugh a little bit, really. <laughs> Either way, first things first, uh, there was a trailer for Mortal Kombat, and it was as goofy and ridiculous as the 90s one. I am excited <laughs> for this ridiculous Mortal Kombat movie. Get over here! I, he, was, he said the line. He, it's it was dumb. So, it was so shoehorned in, but I was still here for it. 
I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. This is going to be like two hours that I'll kill somehow. You know, like I'm going to watch that movie. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'll, I won't love it, but I'll watch it. Absolutely. It'll be entertaining. Like years ago when there like wasn't the same wealth of stuff to watch there is right now. I was like, yeah. I'm going to watch all of the Mortal Kombat movies. And I watched like two and I was like, I'm not going to watch all of the Mortal Kombat <laughs> movies and the TV show. The first one has like a, sh- a certain like uh schlocky appeal to it kind of you know what i mean in that like throwaway kung fu movie kind yeah. of thing yeah and then there's that techno song like the mortal so as long as they bring that back for this movie i'm like i'll watch it the games have been fun the last couple of times there's, it's just brutal violence and like ninja nonsense you know what i mean like it it's japanese mythology through a blender basically oh, yeah, it'll <laughs> just be fun to see what they can do in with like 2021 cgi and like the brutality there are the fatalities and shit like that right i mean given how good the games look now like they're almost photorealistic when they start cutting each other open and stuff so i'm like mm-hmm. it should look pretty good in the, in the movies so there's that yes so mortal Kombat. apparently on top of schlock i just want to make sure everybody knows the paranormal activity is getting another movie for some reason uh, we're, just, uh, we're gonna keep doing it yeah. Hey man, just the not, first one. Not a sub-genre. It's not a subgenre that I really go for. You made me watch Wreck. The Hunt. <laughs> yeah. Or no, VHS. No, you no, made me VHS. watch VHS. It's found footage. It's the same fucking thing. Uh, well, Possession is something. It just, uh, you know, like uh, Haunted House genre okay. is not really a big thing for me unless it's done really well. And there's yeah. a few examples of it done really well. Yeah, I said that first movie worked for me. Every everyone after it has just been diminishing returns, and I'm not sure if that's just because I like Katie Featherstone so much. Also, so there's hate, hate haunted house movies. There's Mika, no you didn't like the lead in the first one. <laughs> there's no rules. It's always just a bunch of bullshit, and then it's always a, a, a shitty ending because it's like where the ghost is just going to do something completely fucking random, and then everyone dies, and who gives a shit? And the whole movie is basically who gives a shit. So, anyway, I have strong feelings about Haunted House movies, apparently, <laughs> still. I'll go see another Paranormal Activity movie, but, you know, I like uh, garbage sometimes, so there's pass, that. Hard pass. Yeah. Well, apparently we're getting a reboot of Constantine at some point. The spun out of, spun out of that uh, Justice League Dark series that's happening on uh, HBO. Yeah, so it's an HBO Max show. So it looks like neither Matt Ryan nor Keanu Reeves will be back to play everybody's favorite shitty magician. But which is a shame because fucking Matt Ryan knocked that role out of the park, but he just was never really given much to uh, work with. And we've had that yeah. many times. And I think also like the fact like uh, at this point now where he's been involved with Legends so long, like that's such a camp kind of franchise. Like trying to do a grim and dark super serious version of it i don't know if i would buy matt ryan after having having kind yeah. of been the cheeky like legends of tomorrow constantine i'm like yeah. eh, give me that ewan mcgregor one they were always they were talking about a couple years back and i'll mm. fucking sign up for this so yeah i mean i'm on board it's constantine just think of the fucking crazy shit that they can do with constantine in like an r-rated hbo max series right like, yeah and with those kind of hbo yeah. budgets too well, we'll see. I mean, we haven't. I mean, what have we seen on HBO Max so far that, like, in terms of like something that's an original HBO Max program Watching. budgeted for HBO Max? That's um, HBO. Period. That was HBO yeah. like broadcast. True. Oh, I mean, so. it was uh, his Dark Materials HBO Max. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't watch no, that. I mean, the lines are so blurred now, anyways. Yeah, I guess it airs on network television and stuff that airs on streaming platforms. So. Yeah, 
I'm just wondering if this is a show that's going to end up on like HBO proper also. Because if it is, then you can start seeing like we're going to start pumping millions and millions of dollars into this weird yeah. dark Constantine show. I don't know. I mean, like, especially with cable shit like that, where it's already a print, you already have to pay extra for it. Yeah. I don't imagine that there's, you know, it's not like CBS and then CBS All Access or whatever. It's Paramount Plus, Plus now. Kind of yeah. Thing, which, and, fucking all totally different in canada anyways but you know it's not like there where it's not existent in canada actually it's like network tv that everybody can get if they've got a fucking antenna versus like you know uh versus a paid streaming service like the lines between hbo and hbo max are fucking pretty blur well that's fine uh as long as it is they, they don't kitty it up i'm on board for a like dark vertigo style constantine tv show that is not pleasant like it's the show shouldn't be pleasant like it shouldn't be a happy fucking show yeah. I don't want to see Cappy go lucky fucking smiling Constantine on this show at all. <laughs> he should be a miserable prick. Like, I, yeah. I hope that they have a lot of success with this so we can keep seeing HBO max, like dark and gritty vertigo stuff specifically. Like I don't care. Like I don't want D- like DC proper stuff to be all grim and gritty Zack Snyder stuff, but like where it makes sense, like get, give me a good proper swamp thing series, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you give me, I'm so excited for that Sandman series. If it ever comes, I know that's yeah. Netflix. Well, we but got like, some casting. We've had casting the last couple of weeks. Yeah. We've been yeah. talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Net, that's Netflix, right? Yeah, Netflix yeah. had that one. Yeah, yeah. But it, but if Constantine succeeds, which I hope it does, because Constantine belongs in a grim and gritty kind HBO of HBO Max kind of world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Why not yeah. more of that uh Transmetropolitan or something like that? Except he wants to fucking get Warren Ellis anymore. Right. Yeah. That's, it. Uh, uh, that's the big problem. Like we like we, we we haven't talked with Paul about WandaVision and Paul's been like messaging me about WandaVision endlessly uh, uh, the last couple of weeks. But like we were joking around. The, oh uh, spoilers. That was so good. Yeah. Um but now that they've done Monica Rambo and given her full on like uh spectrum powers i'm like it's next wave time and they're like wait we can't give warren money like yeah but i want my next wave movie god damn it no maybe they can write him out of that shit because you know morality clauses or some shit like that and say nope you don't have any rights to that anymore just give all his fucking end to stewart i'd be on board to give stewart like a big payday he <laughs> deserves it eminence look like just the man and he's retired quasi retired now so i'm sure he could I'm sure he wouldn't say no to you know warren's half of that fucking yeah. so who knows either way uh yeah what were we talking about i don't remember what we were talking about anymore constantine. next wave oh yeah constantine yeah i'm looking forward to that so that's kind of cool i'm still in dc news uh apparently and i don't know why but they've cast a supergirl for the flash movie uh, her name is the actress's name is uh, Sasha Kale, and she's a young and the restless star, which uh, I'm not going to talk to the caliber of her acting ability, given that she's on that show. But like, I will infer that it's probably not the greatest thing on the world. But a lot of, I mean, a lot of the DC TV people have been relatively unknown before they got into their roles. So I guess I'm OK with them casting a relative unknown. It's just, yeah, this is the movies, though. They usually it. use like Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck. In yeah, the exactly. movies, so yeah. like, I mean, I guess Gal Gadot was also relatively unknown. Like, she'd just yeah. been in the Fast and Furious movies when they picked her up for Wonder Woman. So that's that's fair. I just like, why are we doing? Why and are we not just bringing Cavill back? Why are we doing Supergirl instead? And, and why is this Flash movie even ever going to happen? We've been talking about it 
longer than this podcast has been on the fucking internet. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's been going on forever. It's just never, I always, and whenever anybody brings this thing up, I'm always like, it's not getting made guys. They're going to talk about it until kingdom come. And it's just never going to happen. But, kingdom come yeah. will happen first. Kingdom come movie. Jesus. First. <laughs> make that fucking movie. Yeah. Why are we making flashpoint? Like make fucking kingdom come. At least I want to see that. You yeah. haven't even done like any flash stories yet. Are you going to do the last flash story? I still think this is insane, but either way, kind of moving away from comic booky stuff. Although Edgar Wright did direct almost direct a Marvel movie at one point, And I think he directed something else that's comic book related. Um, he's going to be doing an adaptation of Stephen King's, the running man originally adapted in the early eighties with Arnold Schwarzenegger starring. Hmm. I don't know how this is going to work. But that's what Edgar Wright's next project seems to be is uh, a new adaptation of Stephen King's Running Man. Edgar Wright has earned a lot of goodwill with me just in general. I mean, like, I love Scott Pilgrim versus. Oh, that's right. He did Scott Pilgrim. That's it. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Because, you know, where Superman and Captain America and Captain Marvel are all in the same movie together. It's kind of just. That's right. Yeah. There's a ton of them in there, right? Yeah, so if Edgar Wright wants to do Running Man, let Edgar Wright do Running Man. I'm sure his take is going to be great. I'm on board to just, yeah, like, whatever Edgar Wright wants to do, just just go let him do it. Like, I'm fine with that. He does awesome shit. I mean, I didn't even hate Baby Driver, and I don't like that lead guy, so. Oh, Ansel Elgort. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Problematic. Yeah. John Hamm's dope in that fucking movie, though. He's all badass and, like, crazy and shit, so Mm -hmm. I was, like, I was kind of on board for that. But either way. Uh, yeah, so we're, apparently, I'm not sure when that's going to be out, but he is in the middle of developing it, which I guess is interesting. <laughs> Next thing, uh, there was a trailer, and I'm only bringing this up because Paul's with us this week. I would have ignored it. Otherwise, well, not ignored it. I would have made fun of it and then moved on. But there's a, a Cruella DeVille movie happening with Emma Stone uh... starring. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to call my two Disney loving uh, podcast partners out on uh, what the fuck. Nobody. <laughs> why, why, why are we doing the movie about the lady who murders puppies? I don't know why you're trying. I to can't turn. sympathize with somebody who who murders puppies. I don't know. So why I'm never going to see this turn her into into like this, you know, like feminist, like Joker? I am woman, hear me roar, like fucking anti anarchist, anti hero kind of thing. Like for yeah. fuck's sake. You like, want to know why? It's, it's so confusing on multiple levels. I know because it's of, because of this lady. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Paul's got, Paul's got a nice Maleficent watercolor above his head. Yeah, yeah, uh, visual gags, I guess. Visual bits, yeah. visual bits, but yes, it's the it was. I don't know why they're catering to the fanfic demographic that refuses to acknowledge that bad people are just bad sometimes. And I have the, I have this sneaking suspicion, like they're trying, I don't know if they're trying to veer away that to an extent, because it's clear, like Corella DeVille drinks alcohol. She smokes cigarettes. She's actually a bad person. So maybe they'll actually make her a bad person and they won't try to make us sympathize with her. Maybe she'll be a villain antagonist, but this is Disney. So no. But, no, it looked, it, it looked like they were trying to do Harley Quinn. That's yeah, what it, it looks yeah, like. Yeah, Harley yeah. Quinn, absolutely. You know, she's, she's. It looks like you know I've been repressed by the patriarchy, and that's why I started skinning puppies. Yeah, like that's. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting. Uh, there's going to be a lot of hot takes on this movie. I'm going to watch is. it for free because um, I steal Disney everything. Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah, it's also Disney Plus, right? Like, it's not coming to. Th- is it going to theaters? I didn't really look. Uh, I don't it's, know. The, it's supposed to be, but I mean, it, it will where theaters are fucking open, I guess. I still just want to see on Black my fucking Widow. birthday on May 28th. 
God damn it. Happy birthday, Tim. Yeah. Isn't this yeah. what you always wanted? The yeah. Cruella DeVille movie? No. Yeah. Very this much is, not. Yeah. Nobody wanted this. The I don't problem think. is like the, the Disney villains are a marketable, bankable, like separate entity in and of themselves. There's Disney villain monopoly. They had like the D- Disney villain yeah. cafe in Disney world for a while until they shut it down, I guess. And like, I get why they're doing it from a profitability standpoint, but like Cruella of all people, it just seems like there's so many other Disney villains that they could have added some dimensionality to or just yeah. made them fucking like just make make her straight up evil. I don't care what her motivations are. Just let like I don't know. Let her just be evil. Like do I do am I are we going to get an Ursula movie next? Like she was pretty <laughs> straight up evil. Oh but yeah. no, they they fat shamed her <laughs> into being an evil sorceress, I guess, <laughs> or something. I don't know. Hey like, man, watch it. You'll get canceled too, you know what I mean? By saying shit like that. Oh, so you gotta God. be careful. Yeah. No, I don't know. As a, a, a an ex fatty who is still I don't know. I was I was two hundred and thirty pounds. I know what it's like. But like, come on, 230 pounds. Jesus, I wish I don't even think I'd have to lose a leg to get down to that fucking weight. But, you know, like I'm, I'm six foot six. I get yeah, it. I understand. Yeah. Right. I'm six foot five. I, yeah. But I didn't turn into an evil sorcerer because <laughs> I was really heavy. I wish I could fucking turn into an evil sorcerer by gaining weight. I do a fucking order a pizza right now. Put on the extra 10 pounds. Oh, oh you know what I mean? Yeah. Give me the fucking magic powers. That yeah. There's shit in this world I could fucking accomplish with some magic powers right now. Yeah. The I senators don't know. and I could disappear that I'd be very happy to see disappear on both sides of the border, actually. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to the last story I had, um, which was apparently uh, it's just I'm only bringing this up because this is the series we've been doing the last little while. But apparently <laughs> Batman 89 and Superman 78 are both getting their own comic book continuations. Yeah. So the Tim Burton and Richard Donner movies will be getting DC Comics adaptations written by so the superman one will be written by rob venditti and feature art by wilfredo torres who was the penciler on batman 66 when they were doing that book a couple yeah. years ago and they've already done a wonder woman 77 like minis- yeah. or like on i think just miniseries as well so like they're just you know trying to tap cross them all over well, they, cross uh, all over i think there ha- there have i don't know if there have been crossovers between the like Batman 66 and one Roman 77, but there's definitely like Batman 66 and green Hornet. Yeah. Batman 66 and Archie. Yeah. Uh, I saw those too. Yeah. yeah a couple, couple others as well. <laughs> Interestingly, the Batman 89 comic is going to be written by Sam Hamm, who co-wrote the scripts for Batman and Batman returns, which is kind mm-hmm. of interesting to me. And then it'd be cool to see sequel content, even if it's in comic book form that's set yeah. in the uh, world in that Burton-y uh, Gotham, I think. For yeah. Sure. And interesting. I'm curious because like the penciler is uh, Joe Kunonis, who's mm. he he had done art for a Batman 89 continuation a number of years ago and got one of his prints licensed for it. Like one of the really nice 80, Batman 89 alternate movie poster prints, not mine. One of the other ones is <laughs> this guy and he's doing the pencils on this, which I'm like excited for because his art's excellent. I'm not as excited about the other guy's art. It's funny because like, the creative team for Batman 89 is pretty good, right? Like that penciler is excellent. And Sam Hamm's the guy who wrote those movies. And then like the guys who are doing the 78 Superman, is just like whoever we could get, I guess. 
Yeah. Because, yeah, whatever. Robert Venditti has been doing some, he's kind of become like one of DC's like go-to journeyman writers lately. Like he did a pretty solid run on Flash, on Green Lantern. Um, He just finished up what actually I just finished reading last night, his run on uh, Hawkman, which actually finished really well and had fucking beautiful art in it too. Yeah. Um, So who drew that? That was like, was that Rex Morales drawing that or something like that? Oh, fuck. I I should have written it down. It was almost going to be yeah, my right. geek credit for this week, but fair enough. Yeah, that was all I had for news this week. Though. I mean, like, I we're going to cover this just because we're doing these movies at this point. I figured it'll be it'll be an episode's worth of like trade paperback reading for us to do mm-hmm. um, after we finished up covering these awful Superman movies, and we've already covered all the awful Batman movies. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a couple things I had. All right, go ahead. One was we are getting a Tim Burton Wednesday Adams show on Netflix. No, did we not which, just talk about them doing another Adams Family show, period? Like, I remember I saw this story and that's why I didn't talk about it because I was yeah, confused is, as to whether this is the other one and it's just Tim Burton's involved now or is this a completely this is separate a totally show? new one. It's supposed to be like a Wednesday Adams coming of age where she's got psychic powers, except there sounds like they're going to make it into like a freak of the week, like procedural like at some supernatural private school or something like that. That's not what the, Oh, fine. Fuck. I'm never watching this horse shit. Just yeah. make the Adams family. The Adams family literally still works. They did this CGI movie last year and it's still fucking like, it's still funny and it still works. One of those nineties. Those, the thing that, that makes me yeah. interested for this is those nineties, Tim Burton, uh, fucking Adams family movies are that great. wasn't, no, well, it wasn't, that, was it? That's not Tim Burton, man. Not even really. It felt way, it felt like somebody else trying to ape Tim Burton and not doing it right. I love those movies. That was like, Sonnenfeld. Well, uh, that was Sonnenfeld. You know what? That's right, because it feels like Men in Black. Yeah. If you, yeah. When you go, yeah. It's Sonnenfeld. That's right. You're right. But the, the thing about... The cast on those movies is just fucking unbelievable. So good. good. All right. right? Uh, like Angelica Houston, Houston. Raul Julia, like just... Christopher Lloyd. Is Christopher Lloyd. Just chopping the scenery. Yeah. yeah. I still think like somebody was talking like they got to get Christina Ricci to play Morticia in the new reboot. And I'm like, mm-hmm. just do it. Like do she's it the right age now. She looks the part, you know, like get it going, you know. And then, I mean, you just get Pedro Pascal to play. What's his name? Because that's <laughs> yeah, he plays fucking everybody. <laughs> and he just fucking plays everybody now. So he may as well just get Pedro Pascal to do uh, Gomez also. <laughs> too bad Christopher Lloyd's too old. I can't picture anybody else as Fester at this point. Like, I don't know who you get to play Fester aside from Christopher Lloyd. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be someone horrible like Josh Gad or something. And yeah. you're just going to be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I miss Christopher Lloyd so much. <laughs> uh, oh. The only other thing that I had was just because I've been watching it, apparently the golden age flash from the Flareoverse universe is going to appear on the star girl next to season of star girl. Oh, are so they in the same universe or I guess, I guess they all kind of are. More, right? It's playing with more multiverse kind of stuff. So there's going to be more crossover, which is cool. Cause like that's a golden age character and star girl takes place in like this post JSA world where, you know, there's this new generation that's all learning about the original like forties, fifties JSA kind of thing. So wouldn't that be interesting? The premise of Stargirl is that the next generation of superheroes is learning from the JSA's thing, and it's not just a Justice League show. Because that's what <laughs> well, the no, story I mean, is, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's based on that Jeff Johns like Stars and Stripes. Oh no, I, uh, I understand. I'm just saying, yeah. like in DC continuity, the people who learn from the Justice Society and made it a new thing are the Justice League. No, like, well, was, yes and no. It depends. On I mean, it depends on what continuity we're in. I guess whatever. Fuck it. You know what? I don't want to have this argument anymore. I don't want to have this argument tonight. <laughs> Take it away, time. Do a sting. <laughs> Paul, help me with the sting. 
Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. So this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. We're going to start with our returning, my returning little brother. Paul, what's the nerdiest thing you did this week? Oh, man. I have been foisting anime on my boyfriend. <laughs> I, I'm being mean Send about it, too. I'm like... Send him our condolences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As he drifts away um, to go to the bathroom or do something in the kitchen, I pause it to make sure he doesn't miss anything. <laughs> That's such... That's such Paul Prick shit, too. Like, that, yeah, that's totally the kind of crap you do to people, you yeah. monster. You fucking malevolent, evil piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So the yeah. series that I'm making him watch is called Puella Magi Madoka Magica. I've talked about it on the podcast <laughs> ages ago. Not even, not even just movies. You're subjecting oh, him to entire series? 13 episodes. Not like a 300-episode Dragon Ball thing. So. Like Bleach or some shit. Oh, God. No. I'm not... I'm not that mean, but I'm kind of yeah. Anyway, he's gonna be watching Naruto in a couple of weeks, and it's like that'll be like Paul will be like, I got a lot of time on my hands. Can I do an episode of the podcast? Well, what happened? Oh, Jihoon left me because of the anime. Oh yeah, 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 yeah tracks. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm making him watch a series about depressed magical girls, so it's like super fun, and I'm really enjoying rewatching it. And he, I'm not sure, is uh, Jihoon is like. Sphinx-like when it comes to like his uh, emotions when he's watching anything, even stuff he likes, he yeah. can be very like he doesn't have a big reaction to stuff. So I don't know if he's enjoying it or not, but I don't care. I'm making him watch it anyway, <laughs> so it's all good. Are you dating Commander Data? Is that what you're saying? Compromise, yeah. compromise uh, in relationships. I mean, I don't, ha- I can't talk because I'm not in one yeah. ever ever but uh, i've heard compromise is a thing that you could try um as opposed to <laughs> hey, he, you know, makes, he makes me watch a lot of uh national geographic documentaries and things like that like he's constantly on the bbc those okay. are educational and informative and well shot so <laughs> yeah i'm on his side so far okay, <laughs> you you guys take sides all you want this is this is the way we compromise Fair although enough. yeah yeah it was like, right. anyway, so that was my geek of the week is, you know, being a, uh, a couch commando dictator and forcing my boyfriend to and watch at a total weeb. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Tim, what was your geek of the week? So I've been catching up on more sort of TV that I had kind of left behind, you know, because there's just other stuff on kind of things. And, but because we're not really getting much in the way of new TV right now. So this past week, it's been the second and final season of The Gifted the one of the fox x-men series oh right i remember that yeah that followed vaguely uh, called like polaris was like the kind of the main character on it so wasn't amy acker in that show yeah amy acker played one of the parents one of the strucker parents Um, that's right they were struckers too yeah so there was that show there was was, uh, yeah the two struckers and then the, the kid struckers who like you know could like just destroy shit if they combine their powers and stuff like that. And yeah. it's been really interesting, especially given what's been going on in WandaVision lately to see like all these sort of like B and C list mutants on a, on a series. And yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's also, it's definitely better than season three of runways, which I forced my way through recently. <laughs> I don't, you're, you're a braver than I am. I, Tim and I were talking about runways like after the fact, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I watched about four episodes just because I wanted to look at Elizabeth Hurley. And then I realized that the internet exists and that I don't have to torture myself. Oh, I can just go it, look it, at pictures of Elizabeth Hurley in her bikini <laughs> on Instagram or just and not worry about watching. 
on. Oh, that's the, right. Yeah, she, she the season, season of UK yeah. uh, UK season two yeah. this season. Yeah, but like I'd rather watch Liz Hurley do almost anything else than fucking play in that show because the show that season was rough. She wasn't good either in the no, fucking no, season. No. Like she was clearly just there, like to fucking for the paycheck, and it ended. Look with hot. They, really... they hired her to look hot, and she that's what Liz Hurley does. Like yeah. she's not a great actress, but if you we saw Austin Powers, like it was. <laughs> Like she's great and she has a good time, but like she's not a particularly skilled actress. She's just gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I definitely, I mean, The Gifted was kind of fucked because it, it probably, I mean, it was getting decent reviews and it was getting decent viewership, but it kind of got fucked over in the Fox uh, Disney acquisition. Like, I think it definitely deserved more seasons more than Runways did by far. Um, sure, yeah, so, I mean, it's not like. It's, not amazing it's not like i mean it's no wandavision it, it's it's not Watchmen, it's a different yeah. vibe than like the uh marvel netflix shows it's a little yeah. bit lighter and uh lighter than that not much but yeah so i mean if it's something that you slept on and you're you know starving for something to watch right now then it's something that i you know if you're starving for marvel content in particular right now i think yeah. it's, it's something that could uh, kind of sate your appetite briefly four months ago i might have said that but we're like in the middle of wandavision and like we're right about to get winter soldier mm-hmm. and falcon i'm like i don't care about any of this old shit anymore just give me the new stuff though uh there was a new story this week that the last of the netflix shows rights have reverted back to marvel so the yeah. last two that were hanging punisher out were jessica and, jones and, and punisher yeah. yeah so the last of those shows is now back with so defenders marvel. could be re- resurrected if they wanted to kristen just, ritter on she hulk please please yeah. get fucking daredevil back you goddamn it it's like why why are we still doing this fucking argument just get Charlie Cox back I'm gonna do that yell a lot tonight I think but like fuck like I don't understand the the hesitation on like the daredevil thing specifically people are just like screaming constantly for it either way my geek of the week is similar to Tim because like there hasn't been a ton of new stuff on. I've been going backwards and watching some old stuff I accidentally sent the boys what I was watching this week though I've been watching interesting old pack so my my favorite wrestler right now in AEW is the, is a man called the bastard pack uh he used to wrestle in WWE as Adrian Neville and then he hated being basically used as mighty mouse superhero guy because he's a high flyer and he changed his stick to be like the biggest shit heel of all time he literally gets announced to the ring as he is a bastard it's pack and he comes out and fucking murders guys <laughs> so i went back and was watching his <laughs> his first run as pack in japan like winning the dragon's gate title and stuff like that and just fucking murdering each other like mostly pack murdering the guys he's fighting but those japanese wrestlers just they look like they're hurting each other and pack is one like a english guy like he comes from the english kind of wrestling school of thought and they're the same way just like hard 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 just like it's supposed to be fake boys why are you kicking each other in the head so hard <laughs> the teeth are coming out like it's wrestling it's pro wrestling it's supposed to be but it's great so i've been watching a lot of old pack matches from dragon's gate and they're vicious and awful and it's garbage pro wrestling but i've been enjoying it because i just really like watching packs my like if you look him up look up the bastard pack on google and then picture him as wolverine he's this little angry five foot seven eight english man who's also about five feet wide like he's just english isn't british or is that yeah british (laughs) yeah british i don't know if i've ever seen a british wrestler before that's new on me just juice to the gills, but he's like tiny and juice to the gills. He looks like Logan. And I'm like, I'm on board. <laughs> Paul's looking at him right now. I can see yeah. him. He's Googling him. Yeah, and he's I like, guess. he looks perfect, right? Does he yeah. not look like the perfect Wolverine model? Like if you're going to use him as like a penciling reference or something like that? Yeah. I mean, he's from, a monster. 
from like the nose down, I guess. Like, yeah, 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 yeah I see it. I see it. I see it. Yeah. But the body sure. is specifically like yeah. just this little tiny shredded monster dude. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely like what I picture. Like, cause I Logan. remember watch, uh, I, it was one of your art books that used to be in the bathroom b- before phones. And it would yes. talk about the width versus <laughs> height of different heroes to like show different body types. And I yeah. remember Wolverine being like, the, one of the shortest, but also the widest. Wolverine's a, Wolverine's a square, basically. Yeah, if you, yeah, when you're yeah. drawing him, he should be a little. He should just be like a just kind of tall rectangle, like a little bit of a too tall square, because <laughs> he just should be just squat and nasty looking and mm. angry. And Pac okay. is 100 percent squat and angry looking and nasty. So yeah, that's what I was doing was watching old Pac matches. And if you're like the only person in this pod who listens to this podcast that is also into pro wrestling and you want to watch some great stuff, go find Pac in Japan. Because he's just fucking murdering those poor boys. Just murdering them. Well worth it if you're into that kind of stuff. All right, so it's meat of the episode time, boys. Meat of the episode. Thoroughly disappointing meat. Ah, this, uh, and hopefully we won't be here for like a million years talking about this because I'm already depressed as it is. We've been talking a lot about horrible shit happening on the sets of shows that we love or, um, around musicians that we are into or that kind of stuff or comic book creators that <laughs> yeah our comic book creators that we enjoy quite a bit so i guess today we were just talking about warren so there's that so we i just wanted to have a conversation just broad about like how we're acting or how we are responding to these like kind of cancel culture situations or the me too kind of accusation kind of stuff where like which apparently we have to do this like every couple of years now unfortunately once a year basically <laughs> i think we've been, we're, we're doing we're at, we're at that count i think right now is once a year so um so like recently we i think the one that like is a shared thing right now is like a lot of stories have been coming out about joss whedon um obviously uh, paul and i were both Died in the wool, Buffy and Angel devotees. Um, Tim made us watch Firefly 10 years <laughs> later. So, like, we're all obviously big Joss fans, and the stuff that's been coming out about what happened on the sets, and in particular on the sets of those shows that we loved, has been just really disheartening. The last little while, stories from Charisma Carpenter that's kind of started the whole thing, and then, you know, Michelle Trachtenberg making it sound even 10 times fucking worse than it sounded before. Which is, Joss yeah. wasn't even allowed to be in a room with her alone. Like, yeah, fuck, like how, yeah. how, how do you employ somebody that you can't trust alone in a room with a teenage girl? I don't, I, uh, I don't understand. See, my, I, I just, I, see, these are the guys that I beat the shit out of in high school. You know what I mean? Like the guys that you can't trust around people. Like those are yeah. the guys you take out back and you beat with a fucking hose. Not, <laughs> that's a bad joke. But like, not make shit, them like leaders of huge creative projects where yeah, they like, employ multiple people and have to are responsible for the emotional well-being of these actors. This is what one of the things I hate about the the defenders of people like Joss Whedon and Alfred Hitchcock and other people where it's this idea of auteur theory. And, oh, we have to have these asshole directors who treat their... right? The Kubricks. Kubricks, Fucking Woody Allen. Woody Woody Allen. Allen, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. we have to, like, accept this as a reality because they created stuff that is critically acclaimed. But, like... I can't see that. Like, it's just such a shitty excuse. Yeah. It's always been a shitty excuse though. Right. But it was just that it was an excuse. And now that excuse is like, it's run out. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're seeing these guys and hopefully like, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. Like we don't like Joss is still getting work fairly regularly up until recently. So like, 
They're still trying know. to protect him is the thing. Like, he's still got the producer credit on, the executive Nevers. producer credit on The Nevers, which is his new show coming out on HBO Max, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah. We had a, a brief conversation last week, I don't know if you listened to the episode or not, where I <laughs> made pointedly said there's something wrong, like horribly wrong going on at Warner Media mm. right now. And that all these guys seem to land there, especially when they're on their back foot, they all seem to find their way back at Warner Media, and it's just kind of weird. Yeah, I, I was just thinking the same thing. Is that they seem to? Uh, it seems to be a close ranks protect each other at all costs boys club uh, situation yeah. that's happening in like Charisma Carpenter coming out against Joss Whedon was precipitated by the Ray Fisher story. Yeah, and everyone was saying, "Oh, we can't trust Ray Fisher. What's his story? He's not getting into specifics and blah blah blah." And yeah. then Charisma Carpenter got very specific, and suddenly people are believing everything that. They- what gets me about the Charisma Carpenter story is that, like that story's been out for a long. I mean, we don't have this the specific specifics, right? The like he told her to get rid of the baby, or asked if he was going to get rid of the baby, or whatever fucking awful horseshit he said to her. Yeah, and we're joking about her getting fat when she was fucking pregnant yeah. and shit. But like we knew she got fired because of that pregnancy. Like that yeah. was the story that went around when she got fired at the end of season four of Angel. And then like, like but that- at the time <laughs> it was framed more as like, oh well, you know, that's your fucking She's choice going- as an actress. You chose to get pregnant. You should fucking deal with the repercussions of that. And like, what a shitty take to have in fucking. Because that was the thing that like the, like he came right out and said he's like you ruined my plans for this season and I'm like if you're such a fucking garbage creative that like you can't write a pregnancy into a TV yeah. show in, like into a, an original fucking property not like it's something that you know you're you're adapting and like oh now this actress that didn't have a kid in the original fucking story has yeah. is pregnant like what am I supposed to do it's like yeah. fucking work around it like you have 26 goddamn up or what 22 episodes a season 22. or something like you can't fucking yeah. like drop a couple of your shitty filler like jerk off episodes to especially considering this. half of the fucking shitty jerk off filler episodes they did were about Cordy getting pregnant by some demon thing like yeah. they did it every <laughs> year on especially on Angel, they did it every year on Angel where she got knocked up by some like ghost or demon or whatever the fuck. Yeah, and then it finally happens again where it's like they're writing it into the story where she's actually pregnant and now they're pissed about it. It's like, yeah, oh, come on, dude, fuck off and die. Like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be like the king creative, like, you're supposed to be the new George Lucas that everybody loves and you can't fucking write around a pregnancy. But what kind of fucking hack are you, <laughs> Joss Whedon? You know what I mean? Yeah, I can write around a fucking pregnancy. Buffy wasn't that fucking good. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Either way. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, we can sit here and rant about each of these fucking cocksuckers like all day till like the end of time. But like at the end, it's more about I want to talk more about like how we're responding to it, I guess, personally. So like last week uh, for me, the reason why this really came up for me was because Matthew Good, who I think I've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast and other podcasts and everywhere in the world uh somebody i've seen 50 times that i have every album on vinyl like multiple copies of like i've met the guy i know him i'm friends with a lot of people as a result of my fandom of matt people i've met at shows this that, and the other thing and now all of a sudden i'm finding out that he is like we knew he was an asshole but like now we're finding out he's like a ginormous asshole like a joss whedon caliber asshole and i'm like I just I I can't listen to his shit anymore like it makes me uncomfortable to listen to his stuff and this is stuff that I've been listening to since I was 15 or whatever like those albums came out in like 96 97 and I've been listening to them ever since and now I'm like I don't like this makes me stick to my stomach and the thing with somebody and I know the girls (laughs) it drives me crazy so the thing with something like that one in particular with Matt Good's music is that 
his music is pretty personal. Like, it's yeah. not like, you know, look at like the other like big recent musical one, which is Manson. Like Manson is bigger than his music. Like his music yeah. is more, you know, about counterculture and like, and, and, you know, shock fun. and schlock. Yeah, more shock, than yeah exactly. Yeah. Shock and like drawing on like horror and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's like, it's, it's not, you know, soul bearing kind of music, yes. which is what a lot of Matt's music is. And now yeah. you're having to think, of where that the fucking soul that that music came from also having committed like these fucking, you know, terrible abusive acts against women and shit like that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's harder to divorce for that for sure. Yeah. And that's been like, that's why I'm doing this episode. Cause I'm kind of like trying to figure out how to wrap my brain around the whole situation. Cause right now it's easy. I'm like, it makes me sick. I can just delete everything from my playlists and like kind of hide my collection of paraffin because I own tons of Matthew Good merchandise, right? Like Paul can tell you I own mm-hmm. like every hoodie, every t-shirt, everything on vinyl, stickers, patches, bags, fucking everything. I own all this stuff. I put his kids through fucking college with concert tickets. Like so I have a lot of like investment in his stuff. And it's just like, okay, I can put it away, I guess. I mean, but it's still like yeah, I don't know. It felt like the music's part of me, basically, right? Like I grew up with yeah, it. I mean, so it's, it's weird the equivalent to say, for like, me would be the equivalent for me would be like if I found out that Rivers was like a fucking terrible like woman abuser or something yeah, like that yeah, or like yeah. kick fucking kick puppies or some shit like that. Yeah. Like because his music is again uh, at least the first couple albums was very personal, very soul bearing, and I identified with it to yeah. a large extent. Like you know, I I could feel what he was feeling, and and it got me through tough times. And knowing that like there was this other guy out there that was fucking like getting famous for writing songs about the same sort of feelings that I was having yeah. in high school That's, and shit like that. You're, yeah, you're describing Matt and me to, like to the T, like to the point where like I could sometimes say like it felt more. It wasn't even felt like he was singing for me or singing to me or whatever. It was more like he was singing for me. Like it was some of the lyrics. I'd be like, wow, that's thank you for putting like the thought that's in my head to words basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I've got to go back and be like, God damn it. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> yeah. It's so. just, it's just particularly difficult with people like Matt or people like Joss when, especially when you consider them to be allies to a greater cause. Like we thought mm. that Joss was on our side when it came to feminism, when you have someone like, Oh, Kevin Spacey and Brian Singer, where Kevin Spacey tried to frame his abuses as a result of him being forced into the closet and then coming out as gay as a way to cushion the horrible things that he did mm-hmm. to those young men or boys even. And it's just or Brian Singer and his like litany of abuses, which he still really hasn't had a reckoning for at all like he's been fired from some movies i think but like he's still working actively i believe so i don't know like uh i uh well that was the thing with matt where like he started blaming his because he's mentally ill right like he has bipolar disorder and he started using his bipolar disorder as an excuse and i'm like listen as a like depression clinical depression sufferer or whatever mental illness sufferer i'm like using that as an excuse for being a fucking asshole like that's not a valid argument at all it still means you did those things yeah you did those things and you were cognizant of doing those things like even when i do the shittiest shit and my worst fucking mood over whatever i'm still aware that i did those things and that they were like the wrong thing to do so it's not a fucking excuse Mm -hmm. to like be a fucking dickhead if just because you are depressed or bummed out or you have a mental illness or you're medicated or whatever like lots of us are and not all of us abuse fucking women or abuse anybody for that matter. And that's that's one of the biggest things for me is 
having some contrition definitely goes some way towards restoring yeah. some goodwill. And so, yeah, Matt came out and, and, and you know, I, I don't think he's really apologized. Like his shit was like, you know, I didn't see things the same way. I'm a mental illness sufferer. I don't see it that way. Yeah. It's basically what his thing was. I have, melt, I have mental illness and shit like that. Uh, Joss hasn't fucking come out and like said like, Oh, you know, I, I feel really bad for the things that I did back then on, on the sets of Buffy and angel and shit like that. Yeah. And I'm a different person now or anything or yeah. Like his shit just feels guilty to me. Cause he's been dead silent. You know what I mean? He yeah. said nothing to defend himself. So that just rings to me of like, Oh, I did all of it and I just wanted to blow over. So I'm going to ignore it. Yeah. But and with, like, and with, with that as well, fucking Ray Fisher, I think just a couple of days ago tweeted out something basically saying like, you know, if, if Warner thought that there was any, you know, anything untrue about the things that I've been claiming, then I would have been fucking sued by now. And I'm not. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, yeah. Cause they need one person to corroborate Ray Fisher's story, which someone will obviously. I mean, and Ch- like, Charisma Carpenter yeah. was part of the investigation. That yeah. was what drug it back up for her was that she was part of the, the question yeah, they called her in. relating yeah. to that, to the, the Warner inquiry. Mm-hmm. And, and w- related to Joss, and then she said basically like that drug up all this stuff. And you know, with Ray Fisher coming forward now, I feel like you know, and this being sort of fresh in my mind because I've just had to relive basically my trauma through yeah. this this Inquisition process. Um, you know, I feel like this is the the right time for me to come out and and you know put this information out there finally. Yeah. Because that's the fucking hardest part for like all, you know, and that's what really frustrates me is that so many naysayers will say like, oh, why didn't you fucking come out at the time like 20 years ago or whatever? Or, you know, why? Because there's one, there's a fucking like power imbalance that is people get blacklisted for doing shit like that. Well, like what has Charisma Carpenter done since she left Angel? You know what I mean? Like she did a guest spot on Supernatural that I can remember. And I'm like, I always liked like she's not the most natural actress of all time or anything like that. But like she was good on on Angel specifically. Yeah, I love Cordy. So like uh, there's there's definitely stuff she could. And like, let's like she's pretty fucking hot, too. So like nobody's (laughs) going to complain about seeing her on TV. Right. So like, why didn't she get more work? Oh, because Joss Whedon, right? Like Joss probably told everybody she was a problem and she didn't get any more work because all those other girls ended up working a lot after those shows ended right like Allison Hannigan yeah. Allison Acker. Hannigan worked like crazy Amy Acker Amy well, Acker she worked, yeah. Amy Acker I'm a little bit on the fence on because she kind of sounded defensive of him and she's very much in his camp like she's one of those like just like favorite projects yeah, yeah. yeah. Dicks. like not not this time but like mm-hmm. dicks. yeah oh, i haven't seen this time no he came out this time and said some shit and i was like ah come on alan you're fucking like, better than that but yeah but the, that's the, the thing. last time what I mean, they when saw I... on firefly would have been different than what like i don't know how much people saw on firefly because yeah. my first question was like how much of this shit do you think he got away with on a set with robert downey jr on it Bet you it didn't happen on those <laughs> Avengers sets because yeah. those fucking movies were run by Feige and RDJ, right? So I bet you, like, that's why I can kind of divorce the Avengers movies from his horse shit because they don't feel like Joss movies at all. They're Except like, for the rape joke that he put in in Tony's mouth at one point. Which oh, yeah, one, the, prima the, pre, the Prima Nocta. Oh, yeah, from Ultron. Yeah, I always forget yeah, about Ultron, 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 that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the the black widow i can't have baby son monster controversy which was a very joss yeah. thing too yeah, yeah exactly he loves to put his fucking female you know he, he he writes and and creates strong female characters but then he loves to fucking traumatize them loves to yeah. put them through the fucking ringer yeah yeah do you guys remember i don't know tim if you remember this but i think mark you're the one who told me about this long ago what 
Joss's plan for Inara was on Firefly. Oh, that's that's that. Yeah, that story's on TV Trope, so you can go look it up. The the, the thing where she has to take rape the, thing. Yeah, the reaver rape thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. like that. It, it, and there was an article on the Mary Sue this week about how Dollhouse is representative of Joss Whedon's attitude towards women, which I was like, mm, I did yeah, see that. You know what? Yeah, yeah, makes sense actually. Makes sense. Well, did you? I don't know. Did a woman, you, who, yeah, a woman that can take like a massive beating and and uh, just keep on taking and everything and, and yeah, then get reprogrammed to just, forget what just, happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a story. Josh's dream girl. It wasn't the lead. It wasn't Eliza Dushku, who's had her own issues elsewhere. Like since she started in the business, because she started at like fourteen on True Lies or whatever, and it's had other issues. Yeah. But the other girl that was in that the the Asian girl. Sierra? She had a story. Yeah, Sierra. She had a story a couple years ago about like how bad that set was. And I don't remember the specifics anymore, but she left and she was not happy about working with Joss. I remember mm-hmm. uh, at that point. And that's the thing for like for me, fucking I'd written off Joss fucking four years ago because I looked back at like our archives and uh, it was when Defenders came out, which was fucking April 2017. On that episode, we talked about all the allegations against him from his wife. Yeah. Yes, that's you right. Know, yeah. And and at that point I was like, well, fuck you, Joss, I'm done with you and I wouldn't I don't think I've read or watched anything new of his like except for Justice his, League, ex- right? Except for well, I mean Justice League was weird, right? Cuz it was I don't like really Zack Snyder anymore than I like Joss Whedon, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. But it's just it's, Avengers really at this point is the last thing that I probably actively still watch cuz it's part of that run. That's so weird because I think people, a lot of people gave that a pass because they were like, oh, well, it's his wife. You know, she's that, you know, because it's a relationship, people assume that there's some like animosity there coming out of it. And so, so like they're just saying, like, well, she's probably just, you know, a fucking like bitter ex wife or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then now that we're getting, you know, this coming from a lot of third parties that weren't married to him. Now, yeah. now it's fine. People are finally being like, oh, wait, maybe he's actually shitty. Maybe his fucking wife was telling the truth. And yeah. that, I think, is just a fucking massive double standard. That- uh, yeah, I, I remember thinking like we talked about it and I remember thinking like this all like this all tracks to me. Like he sounds like that dude. Like that sounds like Joss. You know what I mean? Like he sounds like and, that kind of and like, it's so unfortunate because it's I think we were all probably the in denial. The Joss we- well, we were probably always all, all like the Joss Whedon kind of guy in high school. Like we weren't like cool. We were like nerdy into nerdy shit and stuff like that. And then he went. We were out. into his stuff, right? Yeah. Like we were watching like, Buffy while like in high school. I was then, anyway. But then he went out and fucking like pulled all those and like acted out all of his fucking like high school power fantasies on screen yeah. and got fucking drunk on it. And then decided, well, fucking girls didn't like me in high school, so I'm going to make them into characters that would like me now or that would have to like me or whatever. Is yeah. that why Xander is the way he is on Buffy? People are saying that now. People are saying that, that Xander that you know that xander is basically the vehicle character for uh, that's what he, he yeah. told nicholas Cost. brendan that a number of times like yeah. there's interviews with nicholas brendan saying like like part of the reason why he hasn't come forward and said anything is because he the, has he, he, had he a, did he did oh, this that's a right. couple days ago he was like yeah. i love joss it, yes those things happen but i love joss but these things happen but uh, they sounded like they had a thing though like he said they had a relationship which i took as like they had an intimate relationship at some hmm. point just yeah. from the context of the conversation that i was reading from him I mean, yeah, I find I find him a very unreliable witness, regardless. You know, because he's had massive mental health and substance abuse uh, abuse issues over the year. Yeah, and he's been in like heat for like physical abuse and stuff mm-hmm. with his significant others. Also, it's also it's funny because uh, the other the lead of the other show, Borian, has had an issue a number of years ago with his wife. 
And he's been pretty like oh, he yeah. said something in support of charisma, but he's been very quiet. Otherwise, probably hoping to avoid any more fucking attention being redirected at him. Right. Any ripple effect. Yeah. Although yeah. I'd imagine he's probably got he's had, he's had like four huge network shows. He must be set for life at this point. You would hope. Well, it both is in syndication and, you know, he's like, angel. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. And I think the other thing with Joss that's made it so strong, so hard to swallow for a lot of people. And I saw a tweet that summarized this pretty well was, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. So I couldn't actually find it again, but it was like something along the lines of it's funny how Joss Whedon shows influenced me to become someone that resents who Joss Whedon is. Yeah. That's, it's a, it's, it's a weird thing to think about. Cause like a lot of it's like, total fucking, you know, cognitive dissonance. And like Matt's the same way, actually, because like a lot of his stuff, he would talk, he would do white ribbon shows, you know what I mean? With the tea party and do Mm -hmm. like, like shows for like in benefit of violence against women, like kind of thing. And I was like, oh, like, so that thought process is put in there by guys like Joss, by like Matt or whatever. And then to find out that they're the fucking assholes that we were raising funds to fight kind of thing. Yeah. Like they were on stage saying shit. And I'm like, so not only that, you're a giant fucking hypocrite. Hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah. Asshole too, on top of everything else. So like... I don't know, but they, they, these guys trained a generation of dudes to think in a way that like we're supposed to respect women and like you know Buffy's a fucking superhero and women can be just as badass and yeah, yeah they can be just as badass need, as anybody else. We yeah. don't need to do like there doesn't have to be a man involved in any of this stuff. And like right. they taught us that, and yeah. then like we like loop back around ten years later, and like those lessons that they taught us are biting those them in the ass because they didn't learn the lesson themselves. Like, how do you not learn the lesson yourself if you're fucking trying to like teach it to the world? It's so weird, right? That was the weird thing about the J.K. Rowling thing too, as well. Like, she, See, that's why I wanted Christy on this episode because that's the one that like yeah, I don't have any like investment in that world. Obviously, we I bust on the fucking Harry Potter horseshit constantly, as <laughs> yeah. Tim is laughing at now, right? <laughs> but I wanted Christy here for like the J.K. Rowling side of things because she's so engrossed in that fan base and yeah. just keeps doubling down and again no no fucking contrition whatsoever yeah, yeah. jk rowling specifically not christy yeah <laughs> but christy had a wedding that was harry potter theme like last year right yeah. like in the middle of all this stuff so two it's like ago, two the problem yeah. is like the turf culture in britain is so sh- powerful like we think there's transphobia in north america but in britain there's like a weird excess of transphobia and so her getting love bombed by people like Jermaine Greer and like other transphobes uh, in England, like, and then JK Rowling saying I'm transphobic because a man abused me. And then like, but that logic tracks, uh, but (laughs) Harry Potter, like I'm not as big a Potter head as Christie is, but I love the Harry Potter books as I was going, except for the last book, but we'll, never mind uh, <laughs> yeah it was a little rough yeah it was a little rough but the philosophies of acceptance being espoused by the harry potter series has taught an entire generation of harry potter fans that what she's doing is wrong too yeah the whole muggle mud blood all that sort of yeah, yeah like just the idea that like there are people who can transform their bodies in her books and they're told to be accepted and treated as valid and then she goes off and like likes the kind of shit we're calling uh trans women men in dresses and stuff it's just fucking it's it's more cognitive dissonance it just it's mind-boggling to me because harry potter was supposed to be it's the kind of capital w l white liberalism that we need to watch out for ourselves where like we get to ride on like yay feminism yay like pro lgbtq causes but we're not actually like 
walking the talk. Living it. And yeah. she was talking the talk, but in the behind the scenes was helping solidify and continues to help solidify the transphobic Yeah, supporting regressive shit. causes and yeah. Yeah. So it's but I'm glad that Buffy existed and taught me those things so that I can, yes, turn against Joss Whedon, rightfully so, for being a piece of shit. Yeah. I actually want them now. Like I, I, for years I said like don't reboot Buffy. Like don't don't touch it. You know what I mean? Now I'm like, do it get all women like just <laughs> all women to write it and just take i don't know that they can do it at this point without joss fucking benefiting from it which is the other fucking hard part well there's a there's a real easy answer to that kill, kill joss, joss. <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking the same thing i can i can read hp lovecraft and all of his like racist yeah fucking, uh, like because he's dead fuck him because yeah. he, he's yeah, not benefiting they- from it at all when death of the author becomes literal, it makes these questions a lot easier to deal with. <laughs> when death with, yeah. of the author, author is more of a hypothetical or, yeah, yeah, or, a, yeah. or a philosophical idea. Well, that's that's kind of the big thing, too. Like, is like, like separating art from artists has been like the excuse. A thought that has been coming well, up a lot, right? And it's also and an excuse. Yeah. It's something that I think needs to be looked at on a case by case basis. And it's very different depending on the media that you're looking at. If you're looking at someone like Matt Good, like Matt Good is. 90 95 percent of that art yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah or even a comic book like yeah jk rowling like the books especially movies you can maybe you know you can look at that as a much larger collaborative work that is worked on by you know directors producers you know the actors the the production team um same with like buffy or angel that kind of thing like you can you can still go back and look at those as you know for starters if it's something like let's look at house of cards for instance like something that is yeah. actively in production when kevin spacey you know when we learned kevin spacey was yeah. a piece of fucking garbage you know they tried to keep that going with robin wright pen for what one more season two more seasons something like that it was one and then because like those shows employ many people who don't necessarily deserve to have their livelihoods taken away because of the shitty actions of one individual yeah. Um, as somebody that knows a bunch of people that work in the in the film industry uh, back in Atlanta in particular. Um, so, you know, in that case, removing the shitty individual completely, Kevin Spacey in that case, making it clear that they won't any longer profit from its continued existence. That could be sufficient for me in order to, you know, continue to enjoy that property uh, as a whole, because, you know, I know that I'm still supporting all the other people that made it what it is and made it something that I like and enjoy. Yeah, it's just that when their uh, but, their claws are so deep into it, like with J.K. Rowling, her, yeah, yeah. like she gets residuals on fucking everything Harry Potter, know, unless the it's directly fan made. The theme park, the Fantastic yeah. Beast movies yeah. are her, like they're her writing credits. So, like, and I think that's why it's easier for me to say, like, I I probably will never watch Buffy or Angel again in my lifetime. Basically, you know what I mean, like, or any of those shows that are very much like auteur Joss things, kind of like you know what I mean. Like, you can't extricate joss's creativity from buffy the vampire slayer mm. to me anyway you know what i mean like he's very part and parcel of that but like when i'm looking at the avengers movie yeah, yeah probably i, you know, know. I mean like, like even buffy and angel i could go back and appreciate like how much uh like sarah michelle geller and, and the other actors and stuff like that put yeah. into that fucking show like it mm. would not have been that show without those those actors absolutely yeah i'm also saying this from uh, from the perspective of a guy who's seen buffy probably 
20 times the yeah, whole way right, through. Yeah. So, like, I don't need to watch it again, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. It's probably more where I'm at. It's but... basically ingrained in our DNA at this point. Yeah, like, even yeah. the uh, the orchestral DVD music that played for 30 seconds on a loop that, like, mom <gasps> that used to ignore. To. Yeah. Fall asleep to. I, that even yeah. that's part of us. But at the same time, it's like, um, now we know what went through what the process was for the actors like jose molina talking about how joss loved making uh female writers cry in the writer's room mm -hmm. like marty noxon totally backed him up on that too which yeah. is like that's a big fucking like fuck yeah, you marty. when marty noxon says that yeah. she was like joss's fucking number one disciple for decades right like she yeah. followed him from project to project even to the comics uh she wrote on the buffy and angel like season whatever yeah season nine eight nine ten whatever the fuck comics mm -hmm. and she came out and was like yeah that's totally like how that right those writers yeah. rooms works and so stuff. it's tough because it, it really does matter how intrinsic that individual is to the that piece of media for you where yeah. if it's something where like you just cannot divorce joss from buffy or angel then yeah, yeah. It's part of or like matt good you know like you said he's like that art. everything but yeah. Like, yeah i can like i feel like I'll never give Manson another fucking dime of my money, but I can still appreciate the the cultural aspects of his music and stuff like that, and the influence yeah. that it's had. You know, and, yeah. and well, so you really like more intense white zombie that's just like Nine Inch Nails ripoff <laughs> stuff. That's all. Manson Manson's very derivative of like zombie yeah. and uh, I mean, Nine Inch Nails to me. Yeah. So I was I, I was never a huge fan. So I never. But when he came out as an abuser, like when that shit came out with um Evan Rachel Wood, Evan Rachel Wood, Evan Rachel Wood, I was like. I yeah, absolutely. Fourth round of allegations against him too. Yeah, right? like, like, this is like the fifteenth time I've heard this story. Yeah. <laughs> back on like the oh well, like they're just he's like, Marilyn Manson, so of course he's going to be an asshole. Like that's that, the but, stick. Like, but you know, you. it's a relationship. You know, they probably were okay with it at the time, and then fucking had second thoughts yeah. later, and like all yeah. that sort and of this shit. Is, and yeah. There, that re reminds me, though, of like uh, stories we learn about in retrospect about people who are so intrinsic to like an entire genre of something, like Elvis basically kidnapping Lisa Marie Presley when she was fourteen years old, yeah. and or David Bowie, be, like having 13, 14 year old girls in the dressing room, and Jimmy Page, Jimmy the Rolling Page. Stones, they uh, all had this. The, the, yeah. It's like Alfred, a rock and roll, like Alfred fact Hitchcock, of life. Jerry one Lee of the yeah. most important <laughs> people <laughs> in cinema. Uh, torturing tippy hedron like yeah, and yeah. her and her book like i mean oh, we talked God, about the shining right and like yeah. kubrick oh, abused the ever-loving hell out of shelly duvall that in that movie in the in the news right now as well because there was just a big interview with shelly duvall uh recently too and and that a, pe a lot of people are using that example in particular to sort of re-examine this whole idea of auteur theory and you know mm -hmm. that we should give some headway to people that are able to make you know excellent pieces of art by putting their fucking not just actresses i mean you know let's be clear like there are male victims yeah, oh yeah. to, to this shit as well you know to putting their crew and and, and actors through hell i think it's funny because it's like you have your stanley kubrick's and like yeah the shining's great and stuff like that but like you never hear steven spielberg was abusive on set and he's probably the most beloved fucking director of the last 50 years right he did like, help contribute to the cancellation of Ma megan fox though like do you guys oh remember? yeah like that that was, that was see i can understand that because of the hitler thing like that one like, i understood as like him being a jewish man and her yeah. saying that it's just so like beyond the pale for, like look at what happened with gina carano right as soon as she brought up the holocaust 
that's it. Yeah. It's over. That's right? it. And yeah. And fair. Absolutely fair. And so like the, the Megan Fox one, I'm like, I'm sure fucking Michael Bay is not a treat to deal with on fucking set. Yeah. <laughs> but like when you have Steven Spielberg being like, listen, don't you can't compare somebody to fucking Hitler. All right. Like yeah. you're done. Like that one. I'm like, eh, all right, whatever. You're done though. Like it, maybe like it's give her not, a chance. Maybe not like, on that movie. Crap. Yeah. Like she, yeah. but she's done other it's stuff. Not, she's in all those yeah. Judd Apatow movies well, she, and stuff. Like she still has a she career. Was blacklisted for a while after mm-hmm. that. And that's the, and that's the part of it that, that is really problematic. And, and maybe it's the part that, ultimately fucking did Jocelyn is that he got into Hollywood and got around all these guys and realized what he could start getting away with and probably was started being told what he could get away with mm. and then fucking took back to heart. And that's the problem is, is just the fucking the culture that the yeah. people came into and then it just it's it's fucking infectious. It's you would you would think you would hear more of him later. It's like you think his ego would have gotten real big post Avengers, and you would hear something really awful. Aside from his wife, like we heard the, the wife, yeah. but like we never heard anything on set. And I guess he hasn't really done anything on set because he went Avengers, Avengers, Justice League, and we heard a whole bunch of awful shit on Justice League. Yeah, and nothing on those Avengers sets. But like, and then all this awful shit on all the other sets that he was on previous to that, like all the TV shows and stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. So this hasn't answered any questions for me <laughs> in terms of like how to deal with it. Well, I don't think you can do deal with it yeah. per se. I think yeah. that like you have to react to it the way you're going to react to it. Because if you listen to those Matt Good uh, albums, you he's taken that away from you now. You can't get that back. Sorry, Mark. Like yeah. it's, yeah, and no, it's the same. Over. Yeah, it's the same with Buffy. Like the, that magic is gone. The, yeah. the magic of Harry Potter is gone for me too. The, the abject cruelty that those people put other people through is a, is too much of a cognitive dissonance for me to be able to enjoy that art anymore. It's done for me now. And I like, I, yeah. I, it's not like, Oh, I'm doing this from a moral standpoint. And it's, it's a physical like reaction to the fact that those actors and actresses or those people that I enjoyed on screen went through hell for that for so i could sit and enjoy an episode of buffy for 44 minutes or whatever or whatever it's it's not i can't justify that in my mind i can't do it like i can't listen even like other like people are just like oh it's just music it's just art it's whatever but i i don't know i i watch those things or listen to those things because they mean something and they matter and if the creator of that has tainted it then it can, I can't do it anymore. And yeah. Part, yeah. And part of it too is like, is that idea of creator and what that actually means? Like, you know, nobody, no one person creates anything there, you know, like I said, there's, there's degrees to which you have a creator. I don't know that I would say that Joss is the creator of Buffy, you know, like, you know, he, it wasn't, he fucking adapted it from a movie. Yeah, but that he created. He, like he cre- he came up with the concept of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like that's his script. He wrote that. The same way, like Apparitions is a Matthew Good song. Buffy yeah. is like an idea that Joss had at one point. And yes, it was obviously like built on and developed yeah, by and other people, hundreds and hundreds of people. He was its always involved, and then like very much in charge yeah. as the executive producer of the show, which is probably why like that show in particular. I'm like, I can't disassociate. But it's the same because like Star Trek, right? Like all these women have come forward. Like we've we've made jokes about Marina Sirtis's fantastic fucking con 
persona or whatever right but like that really started when she was telling stories about how fucking shitty rick berman was to be around on the set of star trek the next generation and these are all stories that like we've heard gates mcfaden also corroborate and like some of the other like male actors have also like lavar burton was not a huge fan of berman and stuff like that but like i i don't sit there and look at next generation and like i can't watch it anymore because rick berman was a piece of shit because he's not intrinsic to the show creatively like if it was gene roddenberry i'd be like okay yeah i have a little bit more problem with this but like with joss he's so like and that's all you ever heard was joss is the fucking creative genius that masterminds all of this stuff and like he not only like assigns the scripts but rewrites them before they go to air and like he touches everything that goes Mm -hmm. on on buffy and like all that kind of so that's why i'm like now i'm like i can't do it anymore because i know how like entwined he was with the production of the show from like the top to like even dealing with the actors right like everything but that's one of the ways that networks and musicians and things sell themselves to us is through what we call parasocial relationships where we have kind of an imagined relationship between creator and consumer and so we and they 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 know this and they lean heavily on it with people like joss and jk rowling all that stuff like they have their their stories and their persona and they interact with fans in a particular way and oh, so Ellis when, is like the fucking Warren perfect Ellis. example of that yeah yeah he has an entire, like, yeah, yeah yeah and so by creating this persona and we create a relationship with them that is entirely one-sided but it's based on an image that they project that we react to and then we find out that like when the curtain is lifted and we see what the true person is behind that, and it's a fucking monster, then we, I think we have a legit, like, emotional reaction to that. Like, when people cancel famous people, it's, and they have an emotional reaction to it, I don't, I don't think it's fake, it's, but it is also a reaction to the way that they have been sold to us, in an extent. And Joss Whedon was sold to us as an ally, and when you find yeah. out that he used his he used that allyship in order to torture and manipulate and like and treat people like shit, it fucking it's horrible. It feels yeah, it's, really bad, it's, man. It's persona versus person, right? Like we're being mm. sold a persona of a certain individual, you know, a, a grand social image. And then when we're finding out that the person does not meet, does not match up to that persona in very fucking substantive ways, then yeah, you're going to have an emotion of that. Sometimes it might be a good, you know, you might find out that somebody is less fucking vapid than you thought or something like that. Like somebody like, like I'm, I'm super stoked about Kim Kardashian finally realizing that like Kanye West is an idiot and she needs to leave him. Like that yeah. was very exciting today. Like, <laughs> like Megan Fox having sort of a moment and being like, yeah, I got like framed as just totally like fa- fucking vapid or vapid fucking bimbo for years and yeah. like she's now come out and like is a decently fucking spoken individual mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. it there are times that it works you know yeah to somebody's benefit as well um yep. so you know it's a matter of just and and i guess social media is probably partially responsible for this as well i think, it's, I, I think yeah. also but it's yeah. also responsible for people actually under you know learning and understanding who these people actually are like do you ever do you think that we fucking would have like that all this gina carano shit would have happened if we weren't in a fucking age of social media no she would have flown under the radar like the only thing is is like the only difference between fucking gina carano and chris pratt is that chris pratt is more fucking social media savvy 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Chris Pratt's a piece of shit. I was really annoyed that he's in Thor. Yeah. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But that can also work in another way. Like, like you were saying, people are less vapid or people are having a renaissance about the way that we treated women in the past. The Britney Spears phenomenon that's happening right yeah. now uh, sure. with, yeah. the, with the New York Times documentary, which we watched, like June and I watched it. And I was like, I was one of those people who occasionally clicked on Hilton.com to see what was going on. And I was, I was part of the problem, but at the same time, it's like I would like there the media around it, like the people who were torturing Britney Spears, are trying to say that we were all to blame equally for. I, was just, I felt fucking bad for Britney, man. Yeah, yeah everybody yeah. that generated that demand for stories about Britney is the problem. Even though they were driving that demand by creating yeah. the content, and yeah. like, oh man, that documentary was super eye-opening. Creating that fucking narrative, you know, that's yeah. the thing is, is that you know these like shit like Perez Hilton and fucking TMZ, all that sort of shit love to generate these narratives, whether they're fucking real or not. And then to some extent, a lot of them unfortunately become real because yeah. you know, they fucking feed back into themselves. The Brittany one's an interesting story the last couple of weeks too. Cause like Justin Timberlake's non-apology to oh, Brittany fuck and Timberlake. I'm so fucking over Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah, tell me shit, about Justin it. Timberlake. What? what Cause um, you were previously a big fucking JP yeah, fan? fan. I know exactly. Right. Like I, like I fucking hated him before because I don't like his music. So yeah. Also the fact that he's hooked up with Jessica Biel doesn't exactly instill me with fucking lovey feelings before him either. So yeah. The fact that they were trying to lean on like Jessica Biel to validate his apology to Brittany and Janet was just so nasty. like, uh, no, I hope Britney gets to come back, man. Like, I, man, we, we all kind of came of age with Britney Spears, at least Tim and I, I'm sure Tim and I have. Oh, yeah, she's part of my awakening for sure. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, those first couple videos were like eye opening for us, I guess. Yeah. Like, she's our age, right? Like, she was like exactly the same age as us. So, yeah, we're coming up and being like, this huge, yeah, yeah, like to say the least. <laughs> that toxic video, man. Ooh, boy. Now, what was the one with the red latex? What was the red latex I went, one? I did it again. I went to fucking Catholic school. So it was red latex. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> I, you're questioning my Britney Spears knowledge. No, I wasn't. You said, you said, oops, I did it again. That's the schoolgirl outfit, right? I, no, yeah. that's Baby One More Time. Oh, okay. See, I don't know my Britney Spears songs very well. What do I know? Yeah, you're right. It was Oops, I Did It Again, the red vinyl. I was 18. <laughs> she was eight. We were both 18. It's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. So there's one in all this that I want your guys' opinion on because it's one that always gets thrown around as like a potential double standard, and that's Amber Heard. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, so everybody says shit like, you know, oh, well, if all of these male abusers are getting canceled, then why is Amber Heard still getting work? So what what are your thoughts on the whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard? I, I don't even want to fucking say cancel culture because I hate it. But yeah, uh, no, know, but, it's but it's it's an ongoing legal battle. Absolutely. So it's like the, the my problem is like the dust hasn't fully settled on this yet. And yeah, like, yeah. Um, and like we're, we're we are getting stories from both camps. So I, it's so hard to be like, yeah. can, can they both be pieces of shit? Absolutely. They both can. That is exactly what that looks like to me, right? It's yeah. One, you know, is that this is a situation where there's not one person that has a, if there's anything, you know, Depp definitely has more social weight than fucking Amber Heard does. So there, yeah. there's, you know, some imbalance there. But I mean, everything that I can see in that is that they were both fucking toxic abusers. I've never heard anything good about Johnny Depp. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in a relationship or anything like that. So when it came out that like, oh yeah, he was abusive to her. I was like, I can, I, yeah, I believe it. Cause he's a fucking weirdo. And like, I've heard these stories for years. Yeah. It's page six fodder for ages, right? Johnny Depp is a like fucking meth addicted lunatic or whatever. Yeah, and like, like you can see it, right? Like he kind of probably is. And then like he hooks up with Amber Heard and then you hear like, she's just as crazy as him. And I'm like, <laughs> Then okay. be together, you know, then be together, I guess. Like, I don't know what else to say at that point. But like, yeah, I think like for me, if she was as abusive to him as he was to her, they should both be fucking canceled and just call it a goddamn day. Like, just get rid of both of them. I don't want him. I don't I, I have no use for Johnny Depp in 2021. Yeah. I barely had any use for Johnny Depp in 2000. And I don't <laughs> you know, like after the 90s, I was like over it. Like, I don't give a shit about Johnny Depp. You go make your Tim Burton movies and I can fucking ignore you. That's fine. Amber Heard's different because she's an Aquaman. Like, she's going to she's a, in an active fucking franchise that I'm involved with. You know what I mean? And in, in as much as we review these fucking movies constantly, we will never fucking review a Tim Burton movie again. Now that we've done the Batman movies, thank God. <laughs> hey, if that Beetlejuice sequel fucking gets made, you'll, you will review. We'll do Beetlejuice. We'll do Beetlejuice. <laughs> the first one, because that movie is fucking glorious but that's my favorite movie right before uh batman so like that's in the era when he still made good movies which ended at batman returns so i don't know what to tell you yeah i mean that one is 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 such a fucking anomaly and i don't you know has any bearing on discussions about people like joss whedon or warren ellis or fucking it's a different thing though shooting themselves straight in the foot and the only people that they are hurting in those relation in the in these stories are their partner right yeah not like you know joss whedon fucking like damaged well that's and that's where my like in my head that's why that story is different from like the warren ellis or your joss whedon's or your matthew goods where like i mean the matthew good ones are all in a relationship in theory although he's like you know courting 17 year olds and shit and that's part of the serial you know yeah he's a serial asshole yeah exactly so that that's why like i lump it in with that kind of thing um whereas like with johnny depp and amber heard like they were just being shitty to each other. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. why are we involved? Like the only reason we're involved is because of social media, right? Like, cause we can hear all these stories and like they show up on TMZ and it's this constant fucking like cycle of news. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you didn't hear about it, it's just two people being shitty to each other. Yeah, just, there's, I bet you your neighbors are being just as shitty to each other as Amber Heard and Johnny Depp are, but they're your neighbors and oh, yeah, they heard, don't fucking I've heard matter. My fucking neighbors having domestics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like everybody has it's, that's the way fucking society works. Your next door neighbors are assholes. You're an asshole. Everybody's yelling at each other. It's fine. The difference is that Amber Heard and Johnny Depp are fucking world famous, and like everybody gives a shit for some reason. What yeah. happens to them? Yeah. And and when they and when they split, you know these fucking legal battles that involve millions and millions of dollars and millions of dollars, yeah, and, and fucking property become you know fucking uh, headline news. So yeah, um, so I don't know. Like the that one, yeah, that one's a weird one for me too. Because yeah. like, and this that's a particularly weird one because there's like the people who are calling for Amber Heard to get fired tend to be like the same camp as the one who are defending. Well, the, and they're but they're also the ones defending Gina Carano. And so, yeah. like, we don't cancel women, but they canceled a woman because she had the same idea. It's just like. There's no consistent thought process behind it. And it really like it is a different it's a different thing too. You know, you're like, asking for a consistent thought process from like basically the right wing at this point, which is just like yeah. like you can't like the cognitive dissonance that's gone on on like the Fox News world is just like I don't even know how to explain it anymore. It makes like they believe fiction that sounds like fiction. You know what I mean? And I'm like, none of this doesn't even, doesn't even sound real and you believe it, but okay, like 
My favorite thing with the Gina Carano one is like if if you ever get into like an argument or somebody with some uh, with somebody on that, ask them like the idea that she's being canceled for quote unquote conservative views is total garbage. So like ask them which of her views is she getting fired for? Which of her conservative views is she getting fired for? And then watch the mental gymnastics as they try to tiptoe around the fact that like sex she's an anti-Semite bigotry and, <laughs> yeah. and transphobia and shit like that are, are what they are considering to be conservative beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fox news, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what crazy. Are you, gonna do? you need to, re- somebody needs to fucking reevaluate and re uh, establish the fairness doctrine in the United States and get that shit off the air is basically it's not Fox news anymore. It's fucking like, no, uh, Oh, yeah, and then what's the other one? News and Newsmax and all that horseshit. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been uh, rambling about this for 50 minutes and I think we got 50 minutes of recording on the other one. So, <laughs> We didn't really accomplish anything except for, you know, just vent some feelings, which I guess at this point is about all you can really do with this. It's just like, if you're having a thought about this, you know, talk to somebody about it. You have friends. We're your friends. Talk to us on Facebook. If you're, you know, responding negatively to Joss Whedon being canceled because he's a piece of shit and you want to talk to somebody about it who are also having weird feelings about it. Obviously, all three of us are having that thing. If you're a Matthew Good fan, you're listening to this and you want to commiserate with like the die is die hard of all Matthew good fans who has now had to like burn his fucking record collection. <laughs> and can I, I, I just have to say like, as sort of an overall thing here, like I'm, I am glad that we've seen this like really sustained. I'm not going to call it cancel culture because it's fucking toxic term at this point, but yeah, let's, let's call it consequence culture because that's what it fucking is. Yeah. So the fact that it has sustained over four five, six years at this point is good. Yeah, it sucks sometimes when you might, you know, when it's someone you might have really looked up to or admired their art, but like fucking take your time, sit in it, process those feelings and figure out, you know, how much or how little you can continue to enjoy that person's creations and and the other people that have had something to do with those creations. I got to say, with everything else that's been going on this past year, I'm pretty fucking exhausted over all this at this point. The fact that we're still dealing with it. And it's not that I don't think that it's important, but just having to continue to talk about this on the podcast. Like what? It's probably once a month, if not more, that we end up having. Oh, my God. Every fucking news every week. Yeah. Uh, the news we end I, I i dread doing the news because it's going to be another one of these fucking conversations that we have to have about yeah. somebody that so, we've somebody that on the podcast we fucking said glowing things about yeah. uh has come out and be like now you're well now we gotta fucking shit in their mouth because mm-hmm. they're fucking pieces of shit and they deserve to be shit in the mouth of kind of thing so it's like and look how they're ruining the things that we like were excited for like the like spoilers for wandavision if you haven't seen it yet have you have you guys seen it for this Mm -hmm. week this this week yeah Yeah. so okay monica walks through the hex and fully transforms into photon slash spectrum and i'm like first thing that pops into my head oh and i give me the next wave movie and then i'm like give me my next wave and then i have to stop and think and i'm like but what if Warren Ellis gets residuals on yeah. the next? Well, wave his movie. name's in Wandavision. They actually put his name on the street, right? Like his yeah. name. Oh been yeah, Ellis. Yeah, yeah, Ellis Avenue. The president in Iron Man Three was 
President Ellis, and it was named after Warren Ellis because he wrote Extremists, which is the story that Iron Man 3 is based on. Mm-hmm. And then, like, so he's, he's in, like, fucking massively ingrained in the MCU because all, like, a ton of these stories are based on stories that he wrote. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or has something to do with one mm-hmm. way or the other. I guess maybe we can learn a lesson here, and hopefully the studios will start to learn a lesson here, is that they can start building morality clauses into people's residual contracts. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. basically saying, like, if for whatever reason, you know, you comes out that you've done something that's morally reprehensible in any of the following ways, then we will entirely stop cut cut you off in terms of your uh contract. Yeah. yeah. Any yeah. any fucking financial benefit mm-hmm. that you stand to receive, you you will not receive going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> all for it at this yeah. point i mean because yeah I mean, like, maybe, maybe that already happens i don't know because you know the shit that we're dealing with here like ellis you know that, that you god knows in the comic book world it's work for hire so like he's not getting any fucking residuals off anything like even next week he probably wouldn't get residuals on because it's a marvel comic you know what i mean yeah. like the, nobody gets fucking residuals on anything maybe even if it's like create but even if it's like creator credit right then like yeah. he's still getting his fucking name thrown around yeah. and people are going to be like oh how is he involved here? Oh, maybe I should go back and read his more of his stuff because I like yeah. that story. Or read those 12 issues of Next Wave that we're, we're always yeah. talking about. Yeah. No, I, I had the same thought, Paul. Like, uh, whenever I see the stuff that hints at Next Wave, I'm like, fuck, I love that book. I'd really like to see them, like, adapt it. Especially in a world where, like, they've done Deadpool and, like, we're at that level of insanity already. Like, let's just fucking mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah. Um, next wave is like, Next Wave to me is just the next step from Deadpool, basically, really. But, like, having to involve warren bums me out and like it's like the whole warren thing bums me out to begin with because like like matt he was my favorite you know what i mean i read everything he fucking wrote like everything he wrote novels comics blog posts fucking the the horse shit he wrote on that message board i read everything of because like i liked his stuff 90 percent of my fucking persona on this podcast is based on his public persona also you know what i mean like his loudmouth abrasive asshole horse shit is like my fucking shtick and it's <laughs> yeah. like it's a massive disappointment that somebody like that is also an asshole because like you you read his stuff and you think he'd be an ally but yeah guess not you know and all, so, and all that like just to say you know we're obviously all getting fucking burnt out on having to deal with and process all this shit but that being said like it sucks infinitely more for the people that are coming forward now and having mm-hmm. to fucking relive their trauma as the public and the media relitigate the whole fucking thing in front of them. So yeah, so absolutely. much respect for the people, you know, for, for Charisma Carpenter, for Michelle Trackenberg, for everybody that, or for Evan Rachel Wood, for everybody that is coming out now. And like, you know, saying like, you know, things that they didn't feel like they could say until now, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I have no, hesitation and believing them for thing you know talking about things that happened you know a decade two decades ago or whatever more you know because sometimes it just fucking takes that long for you to get to a point where you feel like society could even somewhat handle it because there's still you know even now there's still so much blowback against shit like this and i fucking hate that yeah i agree and like but from our perspective like what if we still have a desire because it, we grew up with this stuff and it, maybe it does comfort us should we feel guilty reconsuming something that we previously enjoyed if like Joss or Matt were responsible for it and like if you don't have that if you don't have like that six year stomach feeling when you listen to it or or watch it 
and you, you want to watch it because like we're in a really difficult time psychologically in a pa- global pandemic and like maybe throwing on your Buffy DVDs yeah, comfort food media for sure yeah. Yeah. maybe that's not such a bad thing as long as you're not like maybe don't stream it maybe find a way that Joss Whedon particularly won't benefit from it I don't know like I don't think that yeah. the, like I can necessarily fault someone for saying hey I dug out my Buffy DVDs because like I needed a comfort had a hard time and yeah yeah. Yeah. i I feel at home with these characters and in this world but like also you shouldn't be like watching that maybe if you have a desire to defend joss just because he made something you liked now maybe keep that quiet and don't yeah yeah (laughs) yeah well see like my thing this week in the aftermath of the matthew good thing has just been like i really like the constantines so i've been listening to a ton (laughs) of constantines this week Mm. and that's what I well it, it was Interpol last week and Constantine's this week and I just like fans that I I have no idea what their fucking interpersonal relationships are like I'm not that in depth into the fan club that I know anything about them I just like the music and I don't have to feel fucking guilty about Mark, this this is why I don't like get as so invested into the personal lives of the fucking musicians that I follow <laughs> your loss you know i don't know <laughs> i still have eddie eddie's still fine i'm pretty sure we're gonna find out something about eddie vetter i'm just gonna like i'm not like the podcast is over you'll never hear from me again i just disappear <laughs> where's mark he lives on a mountain now eddie vetter became a scumbag can't deal with it he went he went north <laughs> just north he's gone <laughs> anyway all right we've talked about this long enough i uh i'm stressed out <laughs> so um let's move on to our next segment which will be geek cred i'm gonna start because mine's short uh you can follow me on instagram mt underscore willette or buy a print blackrangallery.com go listen to babylon by ngwk paul sent it to me this week it is <laughs> fucking ball or metal like i was surprised because i'm not a big andrew wk like a old stuff fan like it's this a little a, too it's a departure yeah, but this is like he's got some like art metal going on in this thing. Like this some opathy muse kind of vibes going on. I was like, I am on board. He's a fucking smart ass dude. Like he's he, always yeah. been a smart ass guy. And like he knew kind of how he could make metal that would be marketable to the public back when he first did those yeah. party uh, hard, baby. Yeah, oh man, yeah. Like, not, yeah, that back when he did like party hard and get wet and shit like that. Yeah, um, I saw like, him he's always in been Toronto. a at heart. Yeah. yeah. And he like his shows are fun. His shows are so fun. Yeah. Like, I just yeah. like I like this like he he sounds like he could tour with Mastodon now and I'm like I would go watch that double bill. Like Andrew WK and Mastodon would be a fucking show I would go see if it sounds like this stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this song is really good. So if you haven't had a chance to go listen to Babylon yet, go check it out. I've never thought I would ever recommend an Andrew WK song to anybody <laughs> ever in my entire existence. So the fact that I am doing this and also calling it Opeth like is a giant compliment to Andrew WK. Good job, buddy. Canada's own. It's at least that's a Canadian artist I can thumbs up this week is angie wk is he canadian i didn't know he was canadian. pretty sure he's canadian yeah right is he not canadian no, he's american sure he, is he american i thought yeah, he was from, he's from michigan oh oh he's it's close i mean michigan's close enough canadian. he's practically canadian <laughs> what part of the blake's really from? happy that we said that probably right now no he's fucking from california i was gonna say he's born in palo alto okay so yeah <laughs> still a hippie you know what i mean he'd fit in up here Either way, so the, Tim, what's your geek cred? I watched Antebellum this past week, and uh, Ooh, it's, it's not bad, eh? It's pretty good. Yeah, it was, yeah, it like was fucking. It was fucking tough to watch. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, but but definitely pretty well done, pretty impactful. I've I've been trying to. I mean, it's Black History Month and stuff like that. I've been trying to like consume more like black media and trying not to do as much that focuses on like black trauma. 
This one yeah. is definitely black trauma, though. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, why don't you go watch 12 Years a Slave also? You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I said, I said a couple weeks ago, like, I've been watching Dear White People, and that one's a lot less oh, yeah. about black trauma and more just about the black experience. Yeah. I wouldn't put it up there in the same tier as, like, Us or Get Out, uh, yeah. but solidly in that same, like, vein and subgenre of, you know, uh, black or african-american horror for sure so if yeah. uh if you liked us and get out and you're you know sort of desperately waiting for jordan peele's next outing then this is a good thing to tide you over yeah it looks good too it's well shot i, I was surprised was, by the cinematography yeah, it really well like shot. it was really well shot and, and i really liked how they marketing surrounding it sort of made it feel like a different story than it actually was yeah um, and I don't want to. I don't want to say too much about yeah. it because it gives a lot of it away. But it also like, un- like us or like Get Out. It actually feels like something that could potentially fucking happen in twenty the modern day, which is terrifying. Yeah, Ooh. it's kind of worrisome, but <laughs> yeah, you know, good movie, like excellent movie. So yeah, I, yeah I'll second that recommendation. If people haven't seen Antebellum, they should definitely check it Genome out. Genomene is fucking phenomenal in it too. Like great performance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paul. I don't know if you guys talked about this, maybe probably not, but uh, a music producer who I really like, Sophie, uh, passed away a few weeks ago. I I knew about it. Yeah, we didn't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she uh, she was a trans artist and a really fucking talented music producer and basically pioneered the genre of hyperpop, which is just now starting to bleed into mainstream stuff into k-pop into all kinds of different stuff and this already so, sounds like something i won't like yeah. <laughs> something i probably will yeah yeah, oh yeah. Um, yeah. can't wait for tim's next stream yeah <laughs> so sophie passed away um died in an accident like slipped off her roof uh, in yeah, greece sad. and really sad but if you haven't checked out sophie's stuff before then you absolutely should she's got two full albums out usually she released individual singles but they were all collected as a an album called product which is bizarre sound experiments but also with a really firm like pop melody like aesthetic she pitch shifted her uh, vocals a lot because a lot of trans people um, have dysphoria over their singing Mm -hmm. voice because it's hard to Mm -hmm. modulate it to make it sound uh, to match the gender yeah. that is your true gender. So Sophie used her own singing voice on the song It's Okay to Cry, which was on her next full length um, called Oil of Every Pearl's Uninsides, which is the album. I'm rec- I recommend both albums. Honestly, her whole catalog is really interesting. The production that she did with Charlie XCX and other pop acts, really, really cool. She was part of like the AG Cook collective of pop artists, music, like they like a collective of producers who are making some really weird, interesting pop. So check out Sophie. All capital mononym name. Her stuff is incredible. Just it, especially the song Bip B I P P. All capitals. It is the, like her. It was her premier single, and it still is one of my favorite songs to dance to in the whole world. It manages to be mi- minimalist, but still feel huge at the same time. It's incredible. So, Sophie, and rest in peace, rest in power. Yeah. There you so go. there you go. 
Uh, we're going to wrap this one up for the week. So thank you everybody for listening. This has been episode 239 of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, please subscribe via the podcatcher of your choice. If you could leave a review on your platform of choice also, that would be infinitely helpful to us. It helps with visibility. Um, we would like to expand the scope of the podcast a little bit this year. So share it as much as you can, please. If you have anything you want to talk to us about, obviously this is a heavy subject we talked about tonight. And if you have any other thoughts or you think we're wrong or you want to you know, share your experience with whatever, like if you're again, like a big Joss fan or Matt fan or whatever, and you want to talk to us about this, please feel free to do so. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast, or you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. So I've been here with Tim. Say goodnight. Bye folks. Uh, Paul, thank you again for reappearing. It was my pleasure awesome having you for yeah. this particular topic. So yeah, it was great. Uh, great coming back and yeah, have a good one guys. I'm Mark, and I hope everyone has a good week. Be safe out there, basically. And don't worry, there's plenty of shit out there that is not made by terrible people as far as we know. Yeah. That's not comforting (laughs) at all, right? Fuck off, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we're going to find out that uh, fucking Kevin Feige is cancelled. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Feige or Eddie Vedder will be the ones that'll just be like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to fucking live in a cabin somewhere. I don't want to deal with society anymore. I'm just going to make my own art. I'm going (laughs) to... Don't... don't don't take my Marvel shit away from me. Yeah, you'll, find us, you'll find us like smearing poop on the wall of the shower and calling it our own art. Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, some of us can draw, so like maybe we'll just do that as opposed to smearing shit on the wall. But you do you, do you Tim. Yeah. You do you, Tim. All right. It's your art if that's your expression. Yeah, you if know. that's your art. You do you. Guys. All right. All right, guys. Have a good one.